if you're looking for this platform to solve your problems, it's not going to work. Like you have to have a plan and a process in place and then look for the tool to enable that. So it's an expensive problem to make that I think a ton of marketers do make and they quickly learn from that mistake too. Welcome to Real ABM, a podcast for B2B marketing professionals who are looking to use ABM strategies to drive revenue. In each episode, we cover specific ABM plays and remove all of the BS and fluff so you can develop a custom ABM strategy, implement specific ABM tactics, and stand out as a marketer by generating revenue for your company. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Real ABM. I'm Nick Bennett. I'm Pete Larenko. And today, our guest is Mark Hubert, Director of Growth at Metadata. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So before we dig into your ABM journey, I'd like to set up the conversation by asking a few questions to get to know you, your company, and your current maturity level with ABM. So first off, tell us a little bit about Metadata. What do you guys do? What stage are you at in terms of company size? And who's your target audience or types of accounts that you're going after? Yep. So we are a series A company right now. We're around 50-ish employees. We're growing, which is why I say ish. I know we're hiring for quite a few roles right now. As far as what we do, we like to think of ourselves as a demand generation platform. I think companies who are looking at ABM platforms think of us as an ABM platform, but we do things a little bit differently. We try to run campaign experiments on paid social and display, and then let those campaign experiments self-optimize based on what's driving the metrics that matter, like pipeline and revenue. Amazing. Amazing. Cool. And so like, you know, you said 50 ish, like how big is the marketing team today? Not big enough, I think is the, the answer that I, <laughs> I'd want to give you. Two full-time marketers. We work with a few small agencies for a couple of different things. We're bringing our third marketer, our head of content on board in a few weeks, like three-ish weeks. So we're pretty excited. Nice. And so the last question before I toss it over to Pete is like, what's your current ABM maturity level? Are you Do you feel like you're just getting started? You have some learnings and you're looking to optimize or do you feel like you have a strong ABM approach that's driving critical business results? Yeah. So I think it's interesting because, you know, I've done ABM before previous companies. Jason's done ABM before previous companies, but that doesn't mean that we're really doing it right now. I think we're definitely in the earlier stages. We're kind of mid building out our account list right now. And we've spent a ton of time building our account list, which we look at as a good thing because I think overlooking that is probably one of the biggest mistakes that companies make. So we'll be kind of, uh, you know, putting rubber on the road here soon, but we're almost done building our target account list up. Awesome. Pete, I'll toss it over to you. Yeah. I mean, Mark, so I, I've been following you, Jason, and the team for a while. So I'm, I'm excited to jump into this with you guys. So I think to start, to set, you know, set the stage a little bit more around ABM at Metadata, you know, help us understand why you felt ABM was a strategy that you wanted to employ or at least start to test. And you know, what were those initial goals and objectives? Like, what were you hoping to get out of it in pursuing, you know, an ABM motion? Yep. So I think for us, you know, we are targeting B2B, primarily SaaS companies, I'd say around 100 employees on the low end and we're moving up market. So there's a ton of accounts that we, you know, can potentially sell into that would be a really good fit for us. But I think what we were trying to do is focus a smaller subset of those accounts to actually just start to try legit ABM programs against those accounts. So I think for us, we wanted to see, you know, could we move those accounts through our funnel more quickly and really reduce the sales cycle and ideally drive uh, larger contract values too. 
Love it. So I know you're early on, right? Working on fleshing out or refining target account lists, et cetera. When you think about your ABM journey so far at metadata, from your perspective, how has it evolved or changed over time? Like where did you spend a lot of your time initially or maybe early on? And where do you spend a lot of your time today? Is it in execution? Is it building the list? Like help us understand where that time is spent. And then I think a follow-up to that would be, what do you like spending your time on as it relates to ABM? And where don't you like spending as much time on? I I think that's actually an interesting perspective. That's a really good question. So I'll start with the first part of that. So I think for us, we've accomplished a ton in the last year. And I think if we would have tried to stand up, you know, an ABM program towards the end of last year, a lot of the foundational things just weren't in place. Like we spent a ton of time looking at our value proposition and our messaging and making sure that that was really solid using language that speaks to our audience. So I think for us, we're just now at a point where we've got the messaging, we've got a much better website, we've got better content that we have more kind of ammo to use than we would have, you know, late last year. So for us, it's now like we're ready. And I think as far as like where we're spending most of our time right now, I mentioned the account list and I'll give you kind of a glimpse into how we're building this, but, you know, we're looking at firmographic information. We're looking at creative ways to find how people are advertising and where they're advertising and using probably about, I'd say five to six different data sources. The Google sheet that we've got right now to build this out is so big. My computer crashes all the time whenever I I try to open it. And I think for us, it's, you know, getting to that subset of accounts where we think we have like an unfair advantage where we know that we can win. And then within those subset of accounts, we're going to be grouping them into three different segments specifically with like the right value proposition that speaks to kind of their current advertising mix, you know, whether or not they have a platform like that today. So I think for us, it's really just focusing our marketing, I think is a better way to describe it. You know, we're still marketing to what we call kind of the volume side of the funnel, which are these accounts that meet our ideal customer profile. But then, you know, we're incorporating, you know, some of these tactics that we'll talk about here in a bit, and then SDR outreach as well to make it feel different and just unique. When you talk about that list and crashing your computer and all that fun stuff, (laughs) how often, crazy question, you may not have given a lot of thought to this yet, but how often do you expect that you might have to refresh that list over time? There's a lot of debate about how often, you know, lists for ABM need to be refreshed and or relooked at. I'm curious, Mark, from your perspective, like, do you and the team have a thought process around that, especially given how much diligence you're putting into building it in the first place? We've probably been at it for, I'd say four or five weeks right now. And we've done this now, I'd say twice in the last year. So we're kind of on pace for updating it once every six months. I think for our size of a marketing team that works for us, but I would want to probably look at that quarterly and then also relative to our sales cycle because it, you know, it kind of fits in that quarterly realm too. Got it. Got it. And I think for us, what we're trying to do, and this is why it's taking us so long is we're trying to set kind of what we're doing up in a way where when we want to update it and refresh it, it's not going to take, you know, four or five weeks again. When you think about your ABM motion, right? There's a lot of talk about one-to-one, one-to-few, one-to-many. So before we get to my favorite topic, which is really the channels and vehicles that any of us can use as marketers, or really any type of professional to, to execute these types of motions, you know, curious if you and the team have thoughts around, you know, as you're building a start account list, 
you don't have to tell us the size or anything, but are you thinking, Mark, in terms of like this being more of a one-to-many motion given the size team that you and Metadata is? You know, or is it a combination of one-to-one? And then as we start to shift into tactic conversation, I'm going to follow up and see if you think about how those tactics might vary depending on those different motions. Yep. So I would say right now, and I'm a big believer of the kind of crawl, walk, run approach, and you don't need to sprint right out of the gate. So I think what we're trying to do is think about it probably in two different ways. So there is, I'd say, one-to-many. So kind of marketing to accounts, which in a lot of ways we think is just good demand generation. But the second layer is where we're going to customize some of these tactics, like the tier of accounts. It's not going to be you know, 100% custom one-to-one, but we are going to add like additional tactics, I'd say more premium tactics to show people that, hey, we're interested in you, not just because we want your business, but because we think we can help you. Yeah. Love it. All right. Let's get to the thing that I think most marketers, at least, or those who are marketing, listening to a podcast like this might enjoy would be, what are the types of tactics and channels that you're planning to leverage or have leveraged? You know, something I want to ask you specifically as we jump into this topic, Mark, would be, do you consider any, you know, specific channel or vehicle to be specific to what many of us refer to as demand gen versus channels or tactics that some of us might refer to as ABM? I know Nick and I have been talking about this a lot lately, and I'm I'm really curious what your perspective is. I know I saw a LinkedIn post or something not too long ago from you around demand gen versus ABM and things of that nature. So yep. You know, would love to shift it to let's talk about channels and tactics and the stuff that you think about using or want to use or planning to test at metadata potentially for those different motions. And I would love your perspective on if any of these channels or tactics are specific to demand or ABM, or maybe it's, you know, step back and say, what's the definition difference of ABM versus demand? That might be a whole podcast episode in itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think for us, and maybe I'll start there and I promise I won't stay on the soapbox for too long, but we look at demand generation as kind of the bigger picture. And then we look at ABM as a more of a strategy or a tactic that you can use that kind of falls underneath demand gen. We're big believers in that it's not an either or decision that companies should be making. You know, you can focus on your target accounts, but you also don't want to be leaving, you know, revenue on the table with other companies who fit your ICP and you're just not focusing on them. So we're, you know, definitely trying to do both. So I think for us, as far as channels go, and again, this is all relative to our team size and kind of the stage that we're at as a company. The next logical step for us really is direct mail. And I know this is a layup uh, <laughs> for you guys, but I think that is one of those ways where we are trying to not just send, you know, bland, boring stuff that sits in somebody's closet and is, you know, never worn or never actually used, but trying to get creative with that, both in the types of things that we're sending. And then also like we want to be known as, you know, a premium product. So I'm a big believer of, you know, spending, you know, maybe a little bit more on some of these direct mail things and sending fewer of them, as long as you know, you're sending them to the right people, because people, you know, want premium things, and they remember those things too. I got to dig a little deeper in this. Is there a channel that you are most bullish on going forward? I don't think I've heard your perspective on this one. I don't know if I'm giving away the secret sauce here. But I would say, for broader demand gen, we're pretty bullish on YouTube. And we're going to be making some big bets on YouTube because I think it's really untapped. For ABM specifically, I'm not trying to pitch other tools here, but I'm really interested in like website personalization based on the you know tier of company that's coming to the site. 
and personalizing you know what they're seeing based on what you know about them and i think that's an unbelievable way to get people really engaged once you've got them on your site without you revealing too much of your playbook when you say youtube can you elaborate a little bit what you mean please don't feel like you have to share your playbook but <laughs> yeah YouTube um, is a very big platform so what do you mean when you say youtube Yep. So I would say YouTube ads in particular, and then using that as a way to build uh, brand awareness and not just trying to get people to fill out some sort of form on your site. So I think we're going to be doing more video. And then I think we're going to be doing like the right types of ads on relevant YouTube channels. We're pretty excited about it. We're you know very much in the early stages of planning that out, but I think that's a big bet that we want to make. Yeah. I'm pretty bullish. Nick and I talk about YouTube pretty often. So I'd love to find more time, Mark, probably offline. And then maybe we could do a, a follow-up with you and you could share YouTube findings and results with the audience. And I mean, I would love to do that. I think you guys are the same way. I'm, I'm a big believer in kind of building in public right now. So I think that helps other marketers and it kind of builds relationships. So that's kind of the long game that we're looking to play. Great. Let me ask one more question, then I'll pass it over to Nick for a little bit and give the audience a break from me. But, you know, Mark, for you and the team, how are you thinking about measuring the success of ABM? going forward, right? Again, a lot of debate, you know, besides channels and tactics and vehicles is probably the topic in, in list building that gets debated a lot, or at least talked about a lot. So I'm curious what your perspective is around ABM measurement, what types of metrics or success factors do you think are most important and how you're planning to do it at MetaData? It's interesting because I think there's a quantitative way that we're looking to do this, but there's also qualitative things that you can do as well. And I'll start with the qualitative first. We're very fortunate to have a sales team that kind of continuously, you know, shares call recordings and links and mentions and whatever this stuff comes up. But I think we like to see that, hey, just because people may not be, you know, filling out a form or actually interacting with something that you're seeing, they're still mentioning it on those initial calls. So we like to use that as a way, you know, for somebody's target account that, hey, they are actually noticing what we're doing and that is helping. So that encourages us to kind of one, continue to do it and two, double down on some of those things that you know we have good gut feelings on. And then the second thing more quantitatively, it's just the length of the sales cycle. Like we're timestamping everything. And if we, for some of these target accounts, once we really get this up and running, if we can show that you know these programs are reducing the sales cycle by like, let's say you know, 15, 20, 30%, like that's huge for us. Great insight. Nick, I'll pass it to you. Yeah. So I want to get into like tools or, or types of tools. We don't have to names unless you feel comfortable. That's it's, it's totally your call. Like what does your ABM stack look like? I mean, I'm assuming metadata is obviously part of it, but like what else do you use to be successful? So we've got our own platform that we're using. We're currently Sendoso customers as well. We've got the drifts. I forget which tier we're on, but it's got the ABM add-on. So there's some cool things that you can do chat-wise. And then as far as like some of the other tools that we're looking at, you know, we're using different types of intent tools that can help or intent data sources that can help with how we're prioritizing like the types of accounts on our account list. So that definitely plays into it. And then we are looking at, I'd say one or maybe two website personalization tools. I don't think we're ready for that just yet. I'm a huge believer in, you know, you got to have a plan and a process in place first and the tool just enables that instead of throwing more money at tools and thinking that the tool is going to solve itself. So thankfully Jason and I are very much on the same page there. So we've kind of have our eyes on things that we may need at, at a certain point in time, but just, you know, we can't truly support right now. Yeah. 
That's perfect. I feel like we're in a similar boat here. There's lots of things I tell Pete all the time, just like, hey, we should be doing XYZ. Website personalization is actually something that I'm a big fan of. And I've talked to a couple different vendors about that, but totally agree. So let's talk about a favorite ABM campaign. And, you know, do you have one that you can kind of give some, I guess, some insights into and like what makes it memorable? I can talk about one on the receiving end of this, and I'm big on self-deprecation, so this is hilarious. So uh, I was at a company called Uptake uh, a couple years back, and G2 was trying to sell into us. And uh, I had a buddy that was working at G2. I was at the the G2 Reach conference. This would have been like September of 2019. And he follows me on Instagram. He saw a really funny child picture of me. Long story short, my mom signed me up for the Park Ridge, Illinois Ice Show at about five years old. Without my dad knowing, I grew up playing hockey. I was the only kid in the entire ice show with hockey skates on. And there's a really funny picture. I'll have to send it to you guys after that. So the reason why I tell you this is she got wind of that and she ordered a custom mouse pad with that picture on it and sent it to me at uptake. And like that type of creative outreach at a target account, I mean, that is as one-to-one as it can possibly get. But of course I took the meeting and of course, you know, that led to further conversation. So I think you can't always do that, but if there are certain times where you know you have a, a really creative idea, like I definitely suggest going all in on that. And for our time at Metadata, we did something pretty cool last year. It was a, a margarita kit. And what we did was we had an initial package with a QR code. And if you ended up taking the meeting, it had all of the ingredients except the alcohol. So if you took the meeting, then we'd mail you, you know, your bottle of uh, your favorite tequila to actually put that kit to use. And, you know, that was really good at getting initial qualified meetings for our sales team. And, we, you know, we focused on a really small subset of accounts and it worked. That's amazing. Those are like two great examples. So I definitely love it. So let's go into the lessons learned as we're kind of winding down here. So we like to wrap up these sessions by giving listeners some practical tips and advice that they can kind of take away. And so what are some mistakes that you feel people make with ABM? So I would say rushing the target account list as one. I would say not looking at that target account list with your sales team and getting feedback because you can't have two target account lists. And I've seen that happen before where marketing does it you know, by themselves and they think they're doing a great job and they might be, but if sales is not looking at those as target accounts, you know, that's not good either. The other thing is you know, people buying ABM platforms before they actually have an account-based strategy. Like if you're looking for this platform to solve your problems, it's not going to work. Like you have to have a plan and a process in place and then look for the tool to enable that. So I say that because we tell the same things to people who are interested in metadata. Like you got to have a plan first. You can't look at the tool to solve it. And it's an expensive problem to make that I think a ton of marketers do make and they quickly learn from that mistake too. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with you there. Now, if someone isn't seeing success with their account-based strategy or like tactics that they're running, like what would you suggest? Yeah. So I would suggest a couple of things. I would suggest one, talking with your sales team and getting feedback from them on kind of the tactics that you've been using and maybe what they've seen work and not work. And then also I would suggest, we're lucky because we market to marketers. I feel like whenever you do that, people are much more open to conversations, uh, is getting like casual and formal feedback from them on like the approach that you are using and just going straight to the person that you're trying to get in front of when you're not trying to sell them, you know, whatever you're selling in that conversation, it kind of disarms the conversation a bit. 
But sometimes it's just as simple as talking to, you know, the people that you're trying to get in front of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of that. I feel like diving into community also plays into that. And like you post on LinkedIn, like the amount of opportunities that I've been able to hand over to the sales team that have come inbound just from like me posting different things on LinkedIn about Facebook. I mean, about film marketing, ABM things. It's huge. Yeah, I try to make time, I would say at least once every two weeks, sometimes once a week to talk to a marketer that fits our ICP. Sometimes it's to bounce ideas off of, sometimes it's, you know, more of just a casual conversation to kind of pick their brains. But I think doing that allows you to really just come up with better tactics that hopefully will land with the people that you're trying to, you know, get in front of. Yeah, absolutely. And I got one final question for you before we wrap it up. And so if you're building out a team to help implement and run ABM, what are the skill sets or experience that you would be hiring for? Oh, that's a good question. I would say you got to have content and good content is really hard to come by. So, you know, there are a million content people out there. I'd say some good, mostly bad, but you got to have people that one, not only can create good content, but I think two, know how to repurpose and repackage the existing things that you have to make it feel like it's more, you know, custom or personalized. So I'd say that's one role that comes to mind. And then you got to have really a good ops person too. And I say that because, you know, as we're building this account list, which we think is the most important part, I mean, you're talking built with, you're talking G2, you're talking Bombora, you're talking uh, a few other data sources too, and being able to quickly stitch that together and then also build out, you know, the audiences for the people that you're trying to get in front of at those accounts. That is a very tough and in-demand position to hire for, but for good reason. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you there. Pete, do you have any final questions for Mark here? No, I mean, Mark, I I think this has been great. Super insightful. I think I'd like to personally wrap it up and just say, you know, I enjoy following you on on LinkedIn. I feel like I'm, I'm leading the witness here, but if people are trying to learn more about you, Metadata, the team at Metadata, you know, where can we point people to? Yeah. So feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. You'll probably see me lurking around in DGMG is too. I post comments and try to just help people, whether it leads them to metadata or not. So you'll probably see my face in there too. And then feel free to check out the website. Awesome. Definitely. appreciate you coming on, Mark. It was a pleasure to have you and I can't wait to share this episode with everyone. Thanks for having me guys. This was awesome. Thank you for checking out this episode of Real ABM. This series is brought to you by Motion, a video podcast agency designed specifically for technology companies. If you enjoyed what you learned in this interview, find more episodes by visiting us at realabm.com.